Welcome to the GEM series, powered by Rocket Level. On this podcast, we empower entrepreneurs to succeed by setting big goals, executing like a pro, and having a fearless mindset. The GEM series is all about investing in yourself. We're here to share the path to getting what you want out of life by sharing the stories of entrepreneurs who have done this themselves, providing thorough research from our team on what careers and habits are yielding the best results, and discussing the mindset it takes to overcome the obstacles that all future entrepreneurs will face. Investing in yourself starts with putting in the work every single day, and this podcast is here to help you do exactly that. My name is Blake Chapman. I'm the Vice President of the Ambassador Program here at Rocket Level, and I am thrilled to be your host for the GEM series. Hello, and welcome to today's GEM series. I am totally thrilled to welcome today's guest, uh, Taylor Lott. Taylor has been killing it in the uh, real estate investment world. He actively shares his knowledge surrounding what the path to building wealth looks like and uh, is an expert in raising capital. So me, I'm, I'm personally thrilled to have him share a little bit of wisdom and experience on today's episode. Taylor, uh, welcome to the show. How are, you, how are you doing today, sir? Blake, thanks so much for having me. I'm doing great. You know, I'm wearing a sweater here because it's starting to cool off and I'm not ready to turn on the heat yet. Not giving up the summer, but uh, I, yeah, no. I, uh, I'm right there with you. I, I killed the AC about a week ago, been leaving the doors open. Just, uh, that's, this is like my, my thriving season. I love it right now. <laughs> so for anybody that doesn't know about you, Taylor, would you be, uh, open to just sharing a little bit about yourself, a little bit of back about your background? Sure. Absolutely. So, um, number of years ago now I, uh, graduated from college with a degree in, uh, chemical engineering and, you know, got a big boy job, first big boy job, and and was making a little bit of money, nowhere near as much as I wanted to make. And that was the first time that I had really any money. You know, we we were fine growing up. You know, it's not it was not that I we had nothing. You know, we were we were fine. But personally, I you know I didn't really have any spending money right when I was a kid. Uh, became an adult, had some, and I was like, well, I don't want to just spend all this. You know, I got my needs taken care of. Uh, how do I turn it into more? Right? Because I don't want to trade hours for dollars, you know, the rest of my life. The first thing that I did actually was not real estate investing. The first book that I picked up because I was listening to podcasts at the time was uh, The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham, which is not one of the books that's behind me here. And that teaches you, it's kind of like the Warren Buffett uh, value investing method and publicly traded securities. He was, uh, Benjamin Graham was Warren Buffett's mentor. And that got me started down the path of investing and, you know, making money in the stock market. And because of my age, I'm in my, uh, I guess, mid 30s now, no longer uh, early 30s, technically, uh, because of my age, I just happened to time the market really well. And it was kind of hard to buy the wrong thing because the market had just crashed, you know, at that age. And after doing that for a few years and you know, saving money, putting in my retirement accounts, and then I had money left over and just, you know, investing that and living very frugally because those early years are really important in terms of investing and building wealth. You know, that's the longest time you have to compound your wealth. I was just, I was still doing the math and seeing that this, this is not going to get me where I want to be in the time frame that I want to get there, you know, financially. So I started looking around for, for other options. You know, how do I earn more money, make more money, build more wealth? Like what, what's the world of options out there? And to anybody that's gotten into it, there's actually, there are a lot of ways to make money out in the world. And and there are a few that I kind of gravitated to at that time. First one was kind of the standard answer that a lot of people come up against who, you know, who have undergraduate degrees is, is going to go get an MBA. 
So I took the took the GMAT. I was studying really hard at the time. I was flying around the country every week for my for my job, which you know it was fun. I'm glad that I did it. I don't regret doing that at all. Uh, it was a great experience, but I would never want to do that again because it's just an awful way to live. I don't. I still don't like flying, even though I was flying all the time. Uh, great time to study for a, a, a GMAT test, though. Uh, so I took that test and got a pretty good score. But right around the time, again, listening to all these podcasts, and somebody recommended this one of these books over my shoulder, which we were talking about, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, you know, positives and negatives with that whole ecosystem, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad ecosystem. But the book itself really highlighted all the misgivings that I had about going and getting an MBA. It was going to be a matter of spending $300,000 in terms of tuition, room and board, and opportunity cost to basically buy myself another job. And eh, all those jobs were not jobs that I wanted anyway. I didn't want to, again, fly around the country and be a consultant. I had done that type of a thing in the past. I knew I didn't want to do it. I don't want to go work on Wall Street in a stuffy office. I don't really like wearing a suit that much. So, you know, and as you know, he talks a lot about real estate investing. And it's not the only thing that Kiyosaki talks about, but that book really inspires a lot of people to become real estate investors. And the same for me, he really, you know, helped set me down the path of investing in real estate. And yeah, I can I could take a pause here, and uh, but that's kind of what got me to the point where absolutely. And you know, for me, something that stands out as you're describing that is, I I really appreciate that you 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 because I, I, I noticed this in a lot of entrepreneurs where you run into a roadblock and then you quickly assess well look something maybe there's something else out there I don't really know I don't know anything that's on the other side of this wall that's in front of me right now but I'm gonna find something. Do you think that that was something that you have always been, have you always been, you know, curious minded growing up and going through life or what can you attribute that to you think? You know, I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting question. And, you know, in hindsight, it sounds like this might've happened quickly, but this is over the matter of, of a couple of years, honestly, you know, I, I took months to study for that test. I only really wanted to take it one time because I figured if I really study and, and work hard and, and focus, I could probably get a decent score. Uh, the first shot. And I did. Uh, it was a long time ago now, though. And then I did. And uh, I don't know. I, I just kind of took a pause. Like it wasn't quite enough to get me into like the top five schools in the country. If I wanted to get into the top five, just with my with my background and my educational background, which I was not. I, I graduated literally the 50th percentile of my chemical engineering class. I was the I was the middle guy. Uh, now, granted, a top top ten school for that, so I'm kind of proud of that. But I wasn't the the top student. I'm not the best, the greatest student. So I figured, well, I, I don't want to get an MBA at a so so school. That's not going to be a big step up. And if you read around in that in that area, really, kind of the top five. This I'm working off of memory here, but like the top five or six are really the only ones that make the most sense, and you're going to be in a really good position if you're in a Top 20 MBA, it's a little, hmm, you know, maybe. Um, and that's kind of where I figured was maybe a top 10, probably a top 20 position. And that that drove me to take a little bit of a step back and, and kind of reassess uh, which way I was going to go. I mean, there were other things going on at that, you know, point in life. I was um, the job that I I had initially I really hated. I was in a, a terrible position. Nothing against the people that I was working with. They're great people. They're still there. You know, um, it's just the wrong fit for me. I also, in that time period, 
so I, I, I hate swimming. I can swim not very well. And, uh, I, so around that time, my sister, uh, decided she was going to do a triathlon and, uh, my sister is kind of the opposite of me. She was a champion swimmer. Uh, now she's well out of college and everything. She has been at a, at a high school for a long time. She still holds records at the high school we went to, and it's been you know well over a decade since then. She's all super champion uh, uh, swimmer. She decided she was going to do it, and I was like, well, I can barely float, but I kind of want the challenge, so I'm going to do it too. And at the same time, so I was, you know, teaching myself to swim, you know, and, and it's spoiler. When I did go do the triathlon, I almost drowned, but I made it around. <laughs> can I, can I tell you something that's kind of funny is sure. I'm literally going through the exact same thing right now. I've never been a strong swimmer. I've been giving myself lessons, YouTube, and I just looked up, uh, signing up for the, uh, Augusta Ironman just because nice. I, I was just kind of funny. Ironman. Yeah. Wow. I was like, because I'm like, you know what? I got, I got a big chunk of time. I've done long distance running a little bit of that. This is going to be a huge challenge. I might, I might need somebody to yank me out of the water, but I might, <laughs> might as well give it a shot. So, but no, that's, that's cool. So, so you pushed yourself through to, to, to make that happen. That, that challenge that was otherwise significantly, uh, it was, yeah, it was out of your comfort zone. You know? it, it was an Ironman no way what I do in Ironman. I forget. Is that like a three mile swim? Something yeah, along those lines. Yeah. I had to do a half a mile. It was a sprint triathlon. Uh, my sister, coincidentally, so this is just an identic, um, something about how how awesome my sister is. So the way it was staged is um, basically in the sprint triathlon, the men would go first, get into the lake. The lake was super cold. It was awful. And the men would go, and then the women would go. And they would, they would give a pause between the two. Sure. Well, my sister I went with the women, and she finished before the first man she she beat all of us like handily oh my and, gosh uh, yeah. i almost drowned so uh, <laughs> you know that's how how different we are so uh, no an iron man would be way out of like that's too far out of my comfort zone i'm not i'm not willing to do that i this just the sprint triathlon was enough well maybe me. i'll start emailing you once a week and i'll talk you into it so i can get a buddy to to hit the iron man with me we'll figure something out <laughs> um no, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty incredible. Um, and for you, I mean, I think that that's, that's something that, uh, I, I think it's interesting hearing from the perspective, like, uh, when I think of like entrepreneurs approaching new challenges, I think it's always interesting whenever, uh, folks are like, I don't know what the, I just don't know where the drive comes from. I guess sometimes, you know, when you're like, what, what am I, what is pushing me to go out of my comfort zone, almost drown? try something new. What's, uh, yeah. What's been your motivation kind of getting it? Cause I mean, if you look back at yourself five, 10 years ago, you're probably like a radically different person than you were. I would, I would imagine, you know, in terms of what you were, what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. I don't know for sure though. Sure. So the triathlon was, um, I think that was about eight years ago that, that we actually did it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was, I would say I'm, I'm different now. I mean, in the, in, in some ways, definitely in many ways, you know, I'm, I'm still the same. It's, it's hard to be quite that, uh, level of, of self-aware, I guess, or, or yeah. self-analytical, at least for me, because I, I have a hard time knowing if I'm really, you know, analyzing that. And I think I have a little more inner peace now than I used to, but, uh, the, you know, in the, in the question of what keeps, what keeps me or anybody, you know, wanting to push forward is, you know, 
I like having a challenge. I like having something to to work on. And especially as an adult, the time that I was least happy in my life and uh, was when the only thing that I had going on was a day job that I didn't like. I didn't have anything at the time in my in my personal life to just to just work on kind of for the sake of just just working on it. And, yeah. you know, since then, um, so after the triathlon, I, I relocated, moved and everything. Now I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I have a jiu-jitsu book right here. Oh, no way. That's uh, cool. Over the, this past summer, I got my purple belt. I've been training a long time and I've, I've had injuries here and there. I, I broke a couple ribs over the summer and I'm back now. I'm, I'm healed up, but uh, I'm also, I, I haven't, my like, I haven't told anybody this. My fiance knows a little bit, but we haven't like sat down and talked about it. I'm doing 75 hard right now. If you're oh, familiar. Yeah, I'm very familiar with it. That, you know, I, how, I don't know. I just it. like having that challenge. Yeah. Yeah. How deep into it are you right now? I think ooh, I have a like a Google sheet, you know, tracking my yeah. uh, progress. I work on Google Sheets. I think I started um, Labor Day was my first first day. So wow. month and a half. That's awesome. That's really cool. I, uh, that's a challenge I've been wanting to take up too. I, uh, I, my, uh, my, my mentor is like, Hey, get the app, try it out. Like you'll be <laughs> really, really pleased with yourself whenever you execute it, you know? Um, and it's just like a good mental, mental challenge more than anything. I think, which is, uh, I think so that honestly, the thing, the only thing I'm not crazy about with it is taking the pictures every morning. I don't, <laughs> I don't need shirtless pictures of myself. They're never going to see the light of day, but I'm doing it because I said I would do it. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not getting posted anywhere. Whether I succeed or fail, nobody's going to see them. I'm um, like, if I do that, I'm going to put a brown lunch bag over my head. You know, <laughs> they don't they don't need to see the rest of me. You know, uh, that's <laughs> no, that's pretty cool that you're going uh, going into that. I'd be I'd be curious uh, kind of hearing about all these things that you've you've done and the ways that you pushed yourself. Tell me, let's take it back in time a little bit. So whenever you were making that transition to working for somebody else to working for yourself, like what was your, yeah, what was your mind going through in that season? I mean, because obviously you've, you've kind of expressed it here. Like you, you're like, you did the day job, you weren't feeling it. Uh, were you were you nervous or how are you getting ready for that? You know, so real, yeah. So real estate investing for me has always been and, and still is a, a side hustle. It's something that I invest my nights and weekends in to the maximum extent that I possibly can, and 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 that's still till till today. I do have a full time employment, and I like what I do. Yeah. Um, but I also like investing in real estate and growing my money, and that and having something to do that's that's purely for you know. Um, not it's it, there's money involved, of course, right? I wouldn't do it if it you know didn't make money, but sure, it it's something to continue to work at and and move forward on. And you know, to me, when as an adult, you know, I've lived this is a number well over a decade ago now, but I've lived the the time, the life where the thing was a day job, and then go home and you know play video games all evening or watch TV, and I was mm -hmm. just I was miserable. I you know because there's to me, there was nothing really to, to work at and yeah. continue to improve upon. And those things, you know, nothing against video games. I, there, there's nothing wrong with it, but sure. to me, I need to have something that to, to, again, to work on and really, really focus on and put energy into and continue to, to progress and, and learn and move forward. And also it doesn't hurt that 
those types of things help you disengage from all the like all the negativity out there, right? I mean, the we don't we don't have TV, right? We don't have cable. We don't watch the news because at the end of the day, those things are just sucking your your mental energy away. And you'd be surprised, honestly, how much time and energy you have if you take all of those other those things away and apply that energy to something, you know, for yourself. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. So it sounds like, yeah, you realize at a certain point, you're like, okay, well, I'm feeling kind of burnt out with maybe what the way things are going right now. And running this, uh, you know, because I think everybody does it right where you can just, you can just zone out for eight hours, there might be eight hours, 10 hours that you were just throwing away every day. And feeding into this cycle of like never making intentional progress. Um, so now that you're kind of balancing, what does your work week sort of look like now that you're like dedicating more time? You've killed your TV uh, and, and you're dedicating uh, all this time towards things that are, are you know, growing you as a, as a, as a person. Um, what is, a, yeah, what does your work week kind of look like now that you're doing that? And how do you strike well, that balance? You know, so sure. I think. Time. I think everything, everything in life, especially, you know, I, again, years ago, I was in a day job where I was, I was unhappy. I didn't feel yeah. like the growth direction was a direction that I wanted to go. It also wasn't my, wasn't germane to my particular skill set or interest. So, and, and I was incredibly unhappy at that time. And that was, that was a long time ago. It was my, my early twenties. I think the best, the the most like satisfaction you can get is when you're doing things where you can see opportunities to grow, opportunities to learn, obviously making money is a good thing, opportunities to add value to other people. And to me, you know, somebody said to me the other day uh, that we were, ta- we were talking about like satisfaction in life and everything. He was, he was trying to, and he had the best intentions about this. I don't want to uh, bring it, bring it down, but he was trying to, you know, help motivate me by by getting me to to believe that the position that I'm in right now, just in life in general, is is the worst case scenario. And I get what he was saying. He was just saying, you know, okay, so this is as bad as it can get, and it's actually not that bad. So there's no reason not to go for it. And and I appreciate what he was, what he was saying. But my pushback there is I've I've actually been in a worse place in life, and I, I still remember what it felt like to be you know, that down and to work on something, you know, that for, for a job at the time that was not the right fit for me. And I, I was just completely miserable all the time. I was, I was severely depressed. Um, I just didn't have a trajectory in life. There was no way I was ever going to be able to get a girlfriend, much less, uh, a, a fiance, which I yeah. now have, and we're getting you know married next Congratulations. year. Thank you. Um, so, I mean, that's just been, and this is, again, this, we're, where we are now is 10 years later. So yeah. it's been a, a process of, of growth. And, and to me, you know, you talk about nights and weekends. I mean, when you're doing things in, in your nights and weekends that are fun, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, I mean, exercise is a good thing. I love exercise, but sure. there, you can have fun writing blog posts or recording podcasts or, you know, whatever, doing, doing real estate deals and naturally is, you know, what we do in the, in the real estate space. Um, but I think those things, you know, they, they, they give you energy. And it, to me, if you're, you know, again, 10 years ago, 
I was in a position where I was unhappy with my career. I didn't see a path to growth and the path. Well, I shouldn't say that. I should say the path to growth that I saw was not a path that I wanted to go down. It was just, just the wrong fit for me. I knew it, but I didn't, I don't, didn't really understand it at the time. Uh, it took me a little while to like, to like figure it out and see a path out. Um, and I think just that's the worst. I mean, to anybody out there, if you're you know listening right now and you're in a position where you know you you completely hate your job for whatever reason, well, you know, work on that. Work on trying to find something uh, that's that's better for you to do. That's a better fit for you because I believe for for you know most people out there, that thing is out there that that is available to you. Uh, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy, right? It took me sure. it took me years to to figure out what trajectory I wanted to go in, and it took trial and error, if you will. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that's life. It really is. It really is. And uh, whenever you were deciding to, I guess, get into, I, I guess, I want to ask a little bit about this too, because I was like, I think that a little bit of wisdom that people would be curious about, because there's tons of people that are like, oh, I want to get into some form of real estate investing, like like what you do. I mean, it seems like something that takes some, uh, uh, you know, just take some, take some, uh, some wisdom to be able to get to a point where you you know what a sound investment is. Do you have any kind of like starting point or, or a strategy or an approach that you go at whenever you're looking at if it's worth investing into something or not? So now the point we're at, uh, and you, the point that I've gotten to investing in these deals is, you know, you, you underwrite the deal and basically determine, you know, if it's a, if it's a deal, that fits our particular strategy or not, but it didn't start that way. You know, we, it took a long time and a lot of work to, to build the partnerships where we're going to be able to have the deal flow that we yeah. need to be able to actually have things to invest in, especially now that you know, the market's tight and everything and, you know, deals have slowed down. That's okay. You know, we, we deal with what the market presents us and, you know, try to make the best decisions. Uh, but to people, you know, who are just starting out and again, I was just starting out years ago and, you know, it, we're never, we're never completed as real estate investors or entrepreneurs, or whatever you want to call it, as people who are trying to, you know, contribute in some way or, or grow, we shouldn't see these things as being done, right? I'm learning things every day. Every every podcast interview I do on my show, I try to learn something and, and walk away from. That's why we were, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody else about what that I mentioned before about the general, you know, satisfaction. And, yes. you know, maybe I agree, maybe I disagree with what sure. he was saying, but okay, I still, you know, learned something. And again, I got to reinforce within myself the the progress that I've made in my life and happiness and satisfaction over the last 10 years. But Holy crap, it's 10 years, you know, it would have been great if I could have done it in two years, but sure, I sure. got it done, you know? Um, so I'm not honestly sure where I was, where I was going with that, but to, for folks that you know, want to start investing in real estate, I mean, the first things to do are, you know, look at yourself and determine what you really want to get back out of your real estate investing. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's a lot of fun to do real estate deals, but the fun isn't isn't the world's greatest motivator, right? Maybe no. you want to retire early. Maybe you want to travel more. Maybe you have charitable causes that you want to contribute to more. I mean, to me, the you know, my my personal priorities have shifted over the years as I've you know gone and done more deals and charitable activities have become a lot more important to what I'm doing because I see the 
the longer term implications of of those things and, and you know the again satisfaction if you are contributing to a cause that you believe in i'm not telling you what to you should believe in pick pick what makes sense for you but i think that just helps propel even faster it's it's just more of a more of a motivator yeah so yeah, 100%. determine what you want to get out of it and then really the next step is to to learn and dig in and you know spend i think honestly spend a long time learning about how real estate investing works. I think people who get in trouble early in real estate are the ones who are looking for the quick fix, the get rich quick, you know, the how can I make, you know, whatever large amount of money within the 90 days or something mm -hmm. like that. And those things are possible if you really work at it, but it it may not be a realistic goal. Maybe you work at it for the 90 days and you didn't make that that money. Well, Maybe if you keep going, you would end up earning that money. But a lot of people, you know, they get to that 90th day to continue with the example and they say, well, I didn't do it. It doesn't work. Yeah. And that's the next place where people, you know, fail to succeed in real estate is they just kind of quit and they don't mm. work at it and they don't just continue pushing forward and stumbling and, and learning. I mean, those are the, kind of the biggest things for newer real estate investors is to, you know, identify your actual goal what do you want to get back out of it and kind of you know set your vision for what it needs to look like yeah to learn how real estate investing works learn about flipping learn about wholesaling learn about you know burring learn about raising money learn about how debt works you know everything along those lines learn about different asset classes you know i'm not just multifamily. i invest in self-storage as well and then you have to work at it i mean that and I, I feel for these people, but there are people, if you go to local networking events, you'll just see oftentimes they're called seminar junkies. They're just constantly, you know, buying the next education program and not applying the lessons. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, maybe it's a, a common term is a shiny object syndrome when you're bouncing sure. between one shiny object to the next. I certainly am susceptible to that. And I didn't start moving forward and making progress until I recognized that. And shut out those shiny objects and cut myself off from those shiny objects and focused, mm -hmm. you know, that's how I started, you know, making progress in, in my real estate investing. So there are so many pitfalls as a beginner, but I think uh, goal setting, education, and taking action are like the three core aspects of, of success and moving forward. I couldn't uh, agree with you more either, Taylor. I mean, the... <laughs> Because I see it all the time where everybody wants to sign up for this. Uh, yeah, I, I actually hadn't heard of the term seminar junkies before, but I, I, I really can. <laughs> that kind of hits the nail up. on the head, you know. Um, I, I, I feel like it's so important to, if somebody's taking the time to share this information with you, um, maybe apply it, see it to the end, work it, you know, and uh, see what actually happens. Um, how do you, I guess, when it comes to absorbing information now, how do you, what's your approach to applying a new method and deciding if it's even worth going down that route in the first place? You know, whenever you pick up something new or anything like that, how does, how does that, you know, work for you typically? That's a good question. So I think first I need to, when I'm thinking about something in, in the real estate space, whether it's, you know, whether I want to apply it or not, is I need to think about what what are the problems or the what's the problem 
that I'm facing at any given time, whatever mm-hmm. it is. What's what's the next thing that I need to do or add to my real estate investing business? And think about that that core, you know, Gary Keller's book, The One Thing. What's my one thing right now? And think about whether this new thing that I'm considering moves me down that path, addresses that one thing or not. If it does, great. But most things don't. You know, the one thing is the one thing. That is the one thing I need to focus on. So, you know, sometimes depending on whatever the thing you're considering uh, happens to be, maybe you just shelve it in your mind and think, okay, maybe I'll, you know, hang on to that for later and and can reconsider that down the road. Or maybe I'll write it down. Maybe I'll think about it. Maybe I'll just, you know, wad it up and throw it away and and, mm-hmm. and move on. It just, it totally depends on the situation. But I think it, it needs to work in, it needs to work in terms of what's my goal and what can I change or what can I add to help meet that goal rather than finding new things and, and tr- just trying to to apply them right we need to have our our sales you know all pointing in the same direction absolutely no that makes that makes uh, I think that's a, a great perspective to have I I heard recently priorities should not be uh, uh, we shouldn't use the Something to the effect of we shouldn't use the plural form of priority, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and sure. uh, you know, and hone in on exactly exactly what it is that you're trying to execute, and make sure that everything is pushing in that in that similar direction. Um, it's you know, it's something that I I, I see kind of the, the a term that keeps popping up in regards to like the work that you do is this concept of uh, you know passive income. People are extremely curious about passive income. Um, it's passive income is kind of interesting too, because it's, uh, obviously, you know, it means that eventually you'll have, you know, a s- income coming to you. But the problem is, I think you get the the seminar junkies and people that are maybe <laughs> expecting that they'll just hit it big one time and they'll be good to go and they can chill out and do whatever they're, they're ultimately wanting to do. How do you define, I guess, when you're talking to people and, sh- and sharing about this, how do you define uh, passive income and explain that, that concept to people? Well, if you're speaking in, you know, general terms about say real estate investing, I think, you know, we all talk about passive income is great. You know, we, that's what we want. Um, you know, I've, I've had folks on my podcast, one guy in particular who said, I think very wisely that passive income is the wrong term. It, it sounds great. You know, of course we love it, but it's much more accurate to call say like real estate investing income residual income because yes. we had to do work on the front end to get that quote unquote passive income coming in. So it's more residual because passive income a little bit, you know, kind of makes it sound like something for nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's not how the world works. We need nope. to set up these systems or make these investments, you know, for a, if we're just buying a deal, you know, we have, if there's a passive investor in a deal, okay, maybe you can say that I invested equity and I'm earning passive income from having invested in that deal. But really, it's residual from the sense that okay, maybe you're a doctor. You had to earn that money in the first place to invest it. Now you're just allocating it to a particular strategy that's going to put off you know, some kind of cash flow. So really, I think residual income is, is the most, is really the best way to think about it. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's a lot less, uh, it's a lot less appealing than, than passive income, right? Passive sure. income sounds a lot better. I mean, I'm love to win the lottery. I don't also don't play the lottery and never will. Yeah. <laughs> um, but really the the best way to think about it is residual income because 
Real estate investing is work. It takes work to make money. Again, you know, where people get in trouble in, in real estate is thinking that they can get something for nothing and then they maybe go for for a quote unquote investment that was really not an opportunity in the first place just because they were um, attracted by a particular you know, sales pitch or something like that. So yeah. I'd say think about it in terms of residual income. It's a lot less sexy to think about it that sure. way. Sure. But I think that's the more accurate way to think about income from real estate. Totally. Totally. So I'd be curious. I know we've been talking a lot about, you know, everything that you've been a part of. If you were to talk about your singular mission right now over the next couple of years, what, yeah, what's, what's the mission that you're on right now, you think? So I have a few missions. Uh, so <laughs> when we talked about um, the, the kind of the reason that I mentioned uh, charitable contribution, if you will, is, you know, yeah. for me, you know, we were talking before we started recording, my fiance and I have three cats and, you know, honestly, if she had it her way and we're, we're dog sitting this weekend as well for one of my relatives. So it's going to be a dog here very shortly <laughs> as well. Um, and then, you know, that's great. Um, so we, we both, you know, really love animals. She's vegan. I've been vegetarian since 2015. Uh, so for me, my particular, charitable action is animal shelters. I, I donate some money to animal shelters, but my goal is to donate an awful lot more money uh, to animal shelters. And I'm not, Absolutely. I don't publicly say the number because it's a truly ridiculous amount of money. Um, and it's, it's a beyond the stretch goal uh, for me. But, but to me, you know, that's, that's what's important. I, I think um, everybody that I know personally and who I've spoken with, who got to the point financially where they could retire and sit on a beach the rest of their lives. Some of them who who have done that, well, no, I should rephrase. Every single one of them who have done that, who have retired and gone to sit on a beach and thought, I'm just going to live a life of leisure the rest of my life. Sure. They all get really bored. Yeah. At, yeah. At, at the minimum, they get bored. At the worst, they get depressed. It's actually worse than when they were, yes. you know, having something to do all the time, and they they go back to working in in some way. And I think that's the that again gets back to that previous discussion about you know dissatisfaction, all that kind of a thing. Is like we need to in, in whatever we're doing. I think it's good for us to like seek satisfaction and, and seek to add value to others in in some way in in our own you know unique way. Just to bring up my fiance for example she she teaches at inner city schools and she gets you know fulfillment and also an awful lot of frustration sure. but full, and that's mostly from the administration but you know <laughs> public school stuff um she gets fulfillment out of you know helping these kids and she she really really genuinely uh cares about them and you know for for folks out there i think you know just think about that for yourselves and you know what what makes sense for you i have you know uh friends in this space whose whose passion is um human trafficking and and supporting mm -hmm. charities that, you know, either go after human trafficking or help their victims in some way. Uh, you know, that's very important. It's an awesome cause. I have, you know, friends who are big on adoptions and, and yeah. supporting adoptions. Yeah. I, that's a great cause as well. I, I think that having that deeper cause, you know, that, that you strive to support is, is more important than for you, for your own life satisfaction is more important than, you know, almost, almost anything else. It's, it's something as maybe lame or, or, or 
grandiose as it sounds to say. I mean, it's it's something to live and and work for. I mean, maybe for folks out there, you know, that's your kids. Well, I don't have kids, so I I can't give that as an example. Um, but whatever that means, I think that's the thing to focus on and and you know no, put I, some substance behind it. Yeah, and put your money where your mouth is. You know, <laughs> like uh, like that's that's the thing. I mean, if you have a cause like that that you can get behind, um, I fully agree that it would drive satisfaction in life just because I mean, I, maybe there is somebody that says, Hey, once I make uh, $45 million, I'm good. Once I make $2 billion, I will be, <laughs> I will be happy and that will be wonderful and I can go to bed. Um, but I, I, I don't think that there's really any human that's wired that way. Even when you look at like the way that our, <laughs> our brains work, the funny thing is that we don't even get the satisfaction feeling, the dopamine from actually uh, completing the task as much as we do on the hard work that we, you know, get leading up to it. That's where like the satisfaction feeling comes from. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, when you think of it that way, it's like, well, dang, I'm going to hardwire myself to have a goal that I am just going to go after infinitely, you know? Um, so I think that's, uh, I think that's incredibly powerful that you found that, uh, you know, that mission for yourself. Um, and, uh, I, I, I think it's honestly refreshing to hear because a lot of people I know, uh, they're like, you know, doing just to do, but at the end of the day, it's like, <laughs> it's like, well, uh, you know, you might, you might end up like that old man on the beach that you're talking about. Uh, and you certainly don't want to end up in a position like that at some point. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, so something's coming to mind as you're, as you're mentioning this you know, old man, I think is what, what spurred it, you know, Again, the same person I talked with the other day that I had uh, alluded to earlier about, you know, satisfaction and worth life and all that. Well, another thing that he said that I thought was was great and spot on is what would 90 year old you say? What would 90 year old you say mm. to you right now? Sure. And you can think, you know, OK, what would I say to myself 10 years ago, you know, a decade ago in this example? What, what advice would I give to myself or, or something along those lines? And OK. I can project backward, but I can do the mental exercise of projecting forward. What would 90 year old me say, you know, to me now? And just think about things in, in that way. And I think that that framing of, of the, how to think about like decisions, decision-making and, and what are you going to do and what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with your, your day? What are you going to do right now? Well, okay. I, I don't mean to, to crap on watching TV too much. I mean, we, I like the Simpsons. I just don't spend all sure. my time watching the Simpsons. Yeah. But would 90 year old you say, you yeah, know, go ahead and, you know, take this weekend off and, and don't do anything. Or would 90 year old you say, you know, keep working, keep pushing forward toward your goals. But also on the other hand, just to bring up an example, um, okay. Your spouse wants to go on a hike this weekend. Go on the hike. Like your, yes. your relationship with your spouse is more important. You know, those kinds of things. It's not all about, working all the time. That's just sure. an example because we, we went on a hike this the other weekend. She wanted to go on a hike and it was a lot of fun. I'm glad we yeah. did. Um, so it's it's kind of taking that, that whole thing into account and, and thinking about what you down the road would have to say. And there's just so much going on in the world you know, right now and, and always in three, you know, throughout history, there's always something big going on. You know, I see people, everybody's worried about what's going on in, in Ukraine and it definitely concerns me too. I'm, but I have no power over that situation. I can stay, you know, reasonably informed about what's going on. But if I spend my entire day worrying 
about what's going on over there and the people totally. and the victims and everything and what's going to happen. Well, then I haven't accomplished anything. You know, I haven't accomplished anything for myself. I haven't accomplished anything for them. I haven't accomplished anything for, you know, the, let's say the animals that I want to support or, you know, whatever your thing is. So yeah. I think it's important to just think about the longer term implications of the actions that you're taking, you know, right now, today, this week, and so on. Absolutely. And thinking about, yeah, I love the idea of thinking about your realm of impact and what you have to do to get to the next stage to, you know, increase that radius or whatever it is. Uh, now, I, I, I also the ninety-year-old, uh, yeah, ninety-year-old me reflecting that uh, that's definitely something that I can, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use. You know, um, I'm not gonna go off on a tangent, but I'm convinced that at one point in my life, I, I saw. 90 year old me time traveling in a gas station. <laughs> it probably didn't happen, but I'm, I'm, I'm convinced to this day. And I, I bet he'd have some, some choice words for me. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Taylor, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure, man. Um, usually whenever I, I close out, I like to ask, um, if you were to give one piece of advice to, uh, somebody that is going to, um, go down a similar road as you, uh, what would that piece of advice be? Commit, commit, and and I don't even want to say and because that's that gets out to one more than one piece of advice. But especially in in real estate, if you want to move forward, if you want to make progress, if you want to accomplish things, if you want to buy deals, you know whatever, if you want to make money in in real estate or whatever it is, you have to commit to the actual process. You know, I don't whether you want to start a YouTube channel and make money on YouTube. Well, just sitting around thinking about it isn't going to do anything for you. Yeah, you no. can you can learn about title card strategy and whatever, if that's, if that's the way you want to go. But at the end of the day, you got to go make a video. 100%. You know? And honestly, the first one is not going to be very good, but that's okay. You have to make that first one to get to the hundredth one. And I think anybody in this, in, in whatever space, you know, the, if you go back and look at your first thing as the first podcast interview you did and listen to it, I know I've done this go back and listen to it. And you just think, man, I am an idiot. At least I, I think that I was like, why did I say that? Uh, why did I ask that question? You know, whatever. Uh, yeah. Why did I ramble so much? I don't know. I'm rambling here, but commit, keep moving forward. You know, whatever your, whatever your path is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Taylor, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on. Where can, uh, where can everybody find you and follow you and absorb all this, uh, all this knowledge that you're putting out there? So I host the Passive Wealth Strategy Show available, you know, on a, all the podcast platforms. I also have a free seven-day video course on red flags in passive real estate investing for anybody who wants to get into the passive side of real estate investing. That's at PassiveRealEstateCourse.com. Just me sharing seven red flags that I've found that uh, cause more deals to go wrong than uh, anything else, I suppose, in in my observations not everything that could go wrong but it's probably the seven most common mm -hmm. things that that i've come across in my years as a real estate investor excellent all right well hey it was a pleasure thank you again and uh everybody check out taylor and this uh this podcast will be coming out soon taylor so uh looking forward to sharing it all over the place um i hope you have a great rest of your your day and uh thanks for tuning in everybody Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Gem Series, the podcast for anybody dedicated to investing in themselves. 
If you'd like to see the resources mentioned in this episode, learn more about what we are up to at Rocket Level, or come over and join our team, just click on the links below. Until next time, this is Blake Chapman, and remember to be awesome and do awesome things.